Castle, I am your conspiracy asshole, and we have the one, the only, a very lovely special guest, uh, Carrie Smith. You've seen her on Tim Cash. She's been on a, a, a whole variety of shows, too many even shows uh, to mention, and she has a great YouTube channel as well. And uh, you know, she described herself as a former social justice warrior. And I'm saying, I hope you brought your boxing gloves because I am a current social justice warrior. I'm one of a card carrying member of Black Lives Matter. So if you are coming in here and not saying that that black square that I posted did not fix racism, I'm going to you're going to be a quick exit from the from the Thunderdome. Well, Alex, it's very nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. And can I tell them I just I just learned who you are? Exactly. OK, let me tell the story. OK, so Carrie and I don't know each other. So Frank, a guy that helps me find guests because, you know, I'm very I've befriended him. And, you know, I always am looking for the most interesting people. And he's like, well, this girl's been on these shows. You should ever. I was like, yes. Right. So you don't really know me. I don't really know you that well, but I know that you're really interesting. So you're like, who's this crazy guy who's been sending me these weird messages all day? Like, oh, you know, I, and guys, trust me, when I send messages, they're weird. I'm a weird guy. You know, they just come across weird, even though they're not, they're platonic, but they're weird. So I sent you the messages. You don't know, have any idea who I am. And as soon as we're starting the thing, I said, hey, have you ever seen my videos? And then you want to, you want to see what happened, Carrie? Well, yeah, I just, I, I said, I don't think so. Then you said, I do, I do these funny things where and it, I just suddenly I connected who you are I recognize you because we saw your video at a city council meeting we did a rap about the vax <laughs> and my co-host Carter we had an episode where I showed him two videos and I'm like okay you have to guess which one of these is real and which one is satire and a lot of people thought your video was real of course <laughs> it was yes that's why it's so effective. See, I can't even recreate that. It was like almost because it's like, and now if I go there as a TikTok nurse and I have like sunglasses and like her chain, which I'm thinking about doing, they're like, oh, well, you know, this is a gimmick. This is a bit. It's never going to be as good as it organically was only because it triggered that, that inquisitive mindset in a person. They're like, is this real or fake? Because like, you know, as a person, I guess that like you're kind of like a social justice warrior. So like, I guess you're kind of like uh, convinced by the mainstream media, you know? And so I guess it's hard to kind of wake people up to what's really yeah. happening. And so the, I, in my opinion, when you tell them the truth, it's hard for them to get it. But if you kind of make them question it, like, 
Yes. Is, it, is this guy really that absurd? Is this real or fake? Is this what I look like? It kind of makes people ask questions, and that opens a lot of doors, in my opinion. Yes. I um, Excuse me for being rude. I, was, I just saw the link you sent me. I was going to share it. I, it. I think humor helps the most because people – I was just on a show last night. We were talking about this on um, – you are here with uh, Sydney and Elijah. It's awesome. And yeah, at the blaze. Wait, wait. I, you were just on it. Is that correct? Yeah. So last night, one you of the were on we it were last talking- night. Yes. What? I didn't uh, realize you're on it. I think maybe Frank told me that. Wait, you were on it. See, I was on it not that long ago. Wait, that's a badass. Oh, is so that the town? Is that where you live? I live in Dallas. Yeah, I'm right oh, on the street. Cool. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know. Well, yeah, yeah, I met up with two people while I was there. Who everybody's in Texas now. It's so I live in outside of Austin. I interviewed so, you one day late. I would have met. I would have met up with you, but it's okay. We'll meet again. You're not too yeah. far. Um, but so you were on the there. show with Adam, and I and I usually always catch it or I watch clips of it and stuff. So kind of tell me a little bit about the show. What happened last night? Anything? Well, anything? we were talking about like waking people up because so I was in social justice for 20 years, a long time, a long time, and uh, I got indoctrinated into it in college. So it was like sort of I did a women's studies minor. I, I went to Duke University. I had a my, my, I was a science major, but my women's studies minor really opened me up to all these different classes like queer theory, critical race theory, um, and of course, women's studies, which is now called gender studies. And what I thought I was learning was a kind of liberalism and progressivism. But in, in retrospect, I realize now it really, social justice functions a lot like a religion. And I didn't realize it was doing that for me, but it tells a lot of people I think are attracted to it because it tells you this is a way to be a good person in the world. And so since I woke up, uh, which was a long process also, you don't just like snap out of a, of a system of belief, like a way of looking at the world. Um, but since that happened, we on Unsafe Space, we do a lot of interviews and I have a new channel called Deprogrammed with Carrie Smith, where I do interviews with people about social justice and so I get questions a lot, like, how do you wake people up? And we talked about this last night. There's no, you can't, it's not facts. I think a lot of conservatives think, oh, if I just give them facts, they'll, they'll read about it and they'll come to see that I'm correct about this thing here, right? They, facts don't work. It's, you have to, I, I really truly think you have to reach people emotionally first before they're even willing to entertain the facts because it's an emotional thing. When you're in a cult of belief, it's like, and even if you're not, I think we make decisions based emotionally first. We have that gut reaction to things based on what tribe we're in and what what all of our foundational beliefs are. That's going to dictate how we look at everything else in the world. And so if somebody gives you a fact, I know I'm rambling, but really quickly. No, no, keep a, going. No, you're There's a book the called, um, when I was a leftist, I read this book. It's called Don't Think of an Elephant by George Lakoff. It's a really quick read, but he's a linguist. And he was writing a book for leftists, for people like me, and it was trying to explain to us why facts don't matter to conservatives. Now, what's interesting about that is he he kind of had a big blind spot about the fact that it's not a left-right thing, it's just a human nature thing. But I remember reading that book and he was saying, if somebody, if you think of a belief system, like let's say your belief system is Christianity, or let's say your belief system is social justice or um, Marxism or, or, or what have you, he said, think of your belief system like a house. And if somebody gives you a fact, it's not as simple as saying like, um, okay, I'm going to remodel my window, the window of my house of belief with this new fact. I'm going to put it in. It's like, no, the fact doesn't fit the house. You have to go all the way down to the foundation. And, and so that's really hard for people to do because it's you, to, to raise your whole house to the ground, your whole system of belief to say, 
maybe there's something wrong here, not with one single belief about a policy, but with the whole way of my whole way of looking at the world. Like that's really hard for people to do that. Well, for me, I mean, you talk about that's why propaganda is so effective. And I think you're spot on. But for me, like, that's the thing that the way like the monumental motion was 9-11, finding out that that was, you know, I don't know what you think about 9-11, but I believe that it was conspired by people within our own government, other governments in order to start a never any war in the Middle East and to pump up the military industrial complex. Are you allowed to say that on YouTube? <laughs> yeah, I can say it. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that was the biggest wake up call. I mean, and I kind of okay. knew the government had done bad stuff, you know, but you kind of still have that cognitive dissonance. And that's really what's happening now because all these leftists used to be anti big pharma. And now they're like, oh, we love it. Yet, like, we have this system where even conservatives can't, you know, uh, explain why uh, insulin costs $200 in Texas and $2 yeah. in Mexico. You know, it's like we're getting screwed by both sides. And, and that's the when you come to the realization, like, oh, wait, nobody's got our back. We might have the illusion that we're on one of these teams, but it's three like, teams. No, yeah. Nobody it, has it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so would you describe yourself then as, well, your show is called Conspiracy Castle. So the one of the things I messaged you, I said, do I have to come up with some conspiracy theories? Is that, right, I don't know. It's a conspiracy. The definition, <laughs> well, you know, it was it was created during, uh, by the CIA during the JFK assassination in order to demonize people that were looking into the uh, official yes, story. Yes, I do know that. So, so since you are the conspiracy guy, there are a few things. So I used to be a leftist. My co-host on Unsafe Space is... Um, anarchist capitalist anarcho capitalist that means he loves uh, bitcoin right <laughs> I'm, oh he does i think he does i'm still learning more about it but i don't he, have uh, very much bitcoin either now i'm worried they're gonna make it illegal and then they're gonna put me in jail not for yeah. my freedom of speech violations but my uh my big Your my coin small bitcoin yeah, but, yeah well so he's definitely in the in the three years we've been doing the show i've i've grown to understand what you're saying that it's just I think they do a great job of convincing us that, that there's this divi this right left division that is of paramount importance and you need somebody on the right said this oh somebody on the left if you disagree with me you must be on the other side right and it's just a distraction it's a total distraction from the real division I think is between the people that think the government owns us and the people that think we own ourselves so it's like the authoritarians and the individualists and I've started to look at the government and the media and everything in a much more critical way than I ever did. And I thought I did when I was on the left. You know, I saw through their lies about the Iraq war because early I, on or when early on. But that was because they were pitching those lies to the to the right. And so I was in the tribe that was primed. You watched see. The Daily Show. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I was in the tribe that was like, this is bullshit. We shouldn't yeah. be going to war. But now they it's funny to see them pitch those same kind of the same kind of propaganda to the left. Well, John about, Stewart, yeah. did you hear did you hear that quote that John Stewart said? He said it's really dangerous who gets to decide what misinformation is because when he was doing uh the Daily Show and talking about the Iraq war, they were they would have considered him misinformation and he would have probably been be censored in this day and age for saying right. that yeah, I, I didn't know he said that. Oh yeah, That's he cool. said that. Yeah, recently. And so he said, you know, basically kind of taking up for Joe Rogan. He's like, you know, that would have 100 percent at that time. The government could have used that same tactic, disinformation. That wasn't even really a seriously taken thing because media wasn't so like abundant, you know, like it is today where everybody's just stuck to their phone. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know. So so you were very skeptical of the government. then. so here's one conspiracy theory I am interested in. I started thinking about this a year or two ago. I don't know enough about it, but I, I want to know more the the kennedy assassination so i was just thinking about the fact that 
like how many years has it been? And they're still withholding information from us and telling us they're going to release the records. They keep putting it off and putting it off. And at what point do we get to know? And just the fact that they won't release information tells me that there's something there to hide. That's not, that's not some kind of uh, damaging, you know, secret that they have to keep from the American people. It's something that look, makes them look bad. That's well, what I think. A hundred percent. I mean, because the cover up is always worse than the crime. And like people want to be like, oh, there's some mafia guy or some wall, you know, but I know that, it, I mean, LBJ was when he was on that airplane. If you've seen that picture, he's literally smiling. And I just think that, you know, the CIA or there's I don't know what the motivation at the time was to kill JFK. I mean, there's multiple things they said. I don't know. I don't know who would get to say, hey, let's do it. Um but I believe you look at the people who benefited the most, LBJ. I mean, you had a, a young uh, George Bush senior that was you know, in Dallas at that time. And we know that he was a patsy, uh, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. So I just, what do you Why think? Why do you I say mean? that? Why do you say you know, we know that he was a patsy? Because, because he was he's, the only, yeah, he's the only guy that, first of all, he, he was shot in a very, uh, uh, you know, by Jack Ruby in a very weird way. Uh, like, you know, why he's still under arrest. I mean, just the protocol they followed is very weird. I mean, you look at the magic bullet theory, just in the the, the angle in which he shot, it doesn't correspond with the way the gunshot wounds in the head. You know, they say back and to the left or whatever. So mm -hmm. it wouldn't make sense from coming that way. Um, and, and just, I mean, there's just a, a, a bunch of other stuff uh, that, that I wouldn't, this is, he's the only guy ever that can defect to go to Russia and then come back and be a U.S. citizen at a time during the Cold War. So, I mean, it just seems like he had some sort of preferential treatment because he was probably just some sort of pawn in a game that was much bigger than he, he was, obviously. So one of the things I've heard about from people recently is, is a speech that they want me to listen to. You probably know about this. Uh, I, more, right before he died in Houston. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was about the global elite. Is that yeah, he talked about he didn't like the secret societies that operate behind closed doors. I mean, but the thing is, you know. Uh, uh, he is probably part of the global elite. I mean, I'd like to say JFK was a good guy. And like, there's a whole thing, you know, listen, I'm a moon landing expert, 1969 through 1972, Apollo moon landing expert. We did not land on the moon. Like whether you want to believe it or not, I'm just telling you, we don't have the technology today to go on the moon. We definitely didn't have it in 1969 without email, without, uh, uh, the internet. We were not able to go to the moon, uh, and have a call with Richard Nixon, uh, you know, basically with no delay. So regardless, we don't have to get into that, but I'm saying there's a whole conspiracy that, you know, he kind of knew that the moon landing was going to be, uh, uh, you know, he knew that they weren't able to do it. And because he was a social justice warrior, he wanted that money to be used to help people. But because all that money was, it was basically like some sort of black ops funding. That's still kind of what the program does now. It's so weird that like all these billionaires have these like government space programs, which is weird. But back then it wasn't subsidized by supposed billionaires. Uh, and so supposedly he knew that it was all a, a game. It was fake. And he was going to, supposedly blow the whistle on that that's a conspiracy and wait a minute another... yes that they... i'm still i'm still sitting back here like three five sentences ago so you truly don't believe the moon landing happened no i know for a fact we did not land on the moon <gasps> in 1960 no way do you know the official story so you don't even know do you know how far the moon is from us no yeah, two hundred thirty-seven thousand miles. They say. I mean, I can tell you all about. It, but here, let me tell you okay. this. I okay. can tell you all about the moon landing. But this is one thing about the moon landing. Forget about the rocketry. 
that it would have been impossible. And we went on one tank of gas, remember, because we went all the way there. And then when we went back, we just shot up from the lunar lander. And we somehow uh, met up with Michael Smith while he was orbiting the moon. And then just on that same tank of gas, was able to go back the 237,000 miles. But forget about all that. The suits that we had in 1969 to go to the moon. These on the surface of the moon, how they describe it, in the sun, it is positive 200 degrees Fahrenheit. In the shade, it immediately goes to negative 200 degrees Fahrenheit, a difference of 400 degrees instantly changing. And in 1969, they supposedly had special technology where they were able to walk in and out and under the lunar lander, in and out of the shade with this suit that can magically change 400 degrees in an instant with battery technology that we don't have today. They even admit that, it, that they accidentally destroyed all that technology and that they can't recreate it. That's their official. Story. I do remember them saying that. That's their official story. Weird. That's their that official carry. They accidentally. <laughs> they, yeah. They accidentally destroyed it all. Stop though. This is, this is a bridge too far for me. I don't but listen, you know, this is what this. I mean though, about but, when people you're asking someone to raise their very house of belief. You know, just listen, like, though, okay, listen to the rest. So these suits, they could do all this stuff. Multiple astronauts, when they came back, oh, and you need to look at that. The press conferences after the moon landing, these people are like crying. I mean, they look like their dog just died. And you look at people that won like a division championship. They're spraying champagne, you know, for a sports game. These guys, they look like their dog just died. But forget about that. A lot of them, they had all these marks on their hand. And a matter of fact, in some of like the missions, you listen to the the recordings of like them talking back and forth, which somehow is impossible to do. They didn't even have cell phones back then. But they're talking back and forth with Houston from the moon, 237,000 miles away. And they're like, Houston, I can't. They snuck a golf club. This is an official story. They snuck a golf club. And they had a, they took a car there. They were able, they don't have any pictures of it going in and out of the lander, but they were able to release a car, drive around it. And, you know, it was basically the car was like, you know, if you look at it, it was basically like a, a Jeep, literally like a, a military Jeep without like anything else on it. It was a very crude car, to say the least. But forget about that. Forget about, and they say it was crude because it had to be. It couldn't have a lot of parts. Sure, okay. But this suits, these suits that were so magical. Multiple astronauts had their thumb injured and had scars on their hands. And a guy smarter than me who wrote a book about it, Dave McGowan, is one of the best, you know, a conspiracy people ever. It's called Wagging the Moon Doggy. It's about, you know, and this guy was like, you know, as hip and chill as it was. He was, you know, Jay Dyer talks about this guy a lot. He's kind of like in the Jay Dyer verse or whatever, if you know him. But, um, and, and he talks about it. They, they could do the suit. It was the most incredible mechanism of all time, but they couldn't even get the thumb mechanism to work. And if you know anything about the federal government, especially our federal government, how they're handling things, they're basically autistic. They, they can't do anything right. And I, I mean, it's just, it, it's absurd to think that we could do it then, but we can't do it today. And you're like, oh, well, Russia, wouldn't they say it was fake? You know, they faked a lot of stuff too. They were the first people to go to space. And very, very few people can't even go. Like a $2 chat. My man, drunk 3PO. Yes. So oh, listen. Hey, Jay. Yeah, you know, Jay. So listen, it's a freaking deep conspiracy. And I get it because everybody loves space. They don't want their space world rocked. And I don't want to rock it too much, Carrie. I don't want to rock the boat too much because I want to talk about you and social justice stuff. But okay, but this is the thing about once you realize that the whole way you looked at the world was was false in one way. If you learned your lesson, it makes you more open to hearing things that you think on the face sound crazy and at least investigating them. So I don't have time to read this book, Wagging the Moon Doggy, right now, but I am going to read it. You're <laughs> going to love it. Dave McGowan's okay. a great author, and it's really just like a, a, a well-written book. And it's like he's just a really cool guy from California, died of cancer, sadly. Um, 
But here's a here's a truther, and that's the thing is, Carrie. I'm sure you don't want to like be like a truther, you know. But really, in this day and age, everything we see from the mainstream media is fake. So tell me though, how did you get out of that trauma based mind control or mass hypnosis? Like you said, it was hard. But what was like for me, it was nine eleven. I guess that really kind of opened the door to the government would lie to us about something. Mm -hmm. And whether you believe nine eleven or not, I'm just saying, what was your moment that kind of woke you up in your opinion? Um, to the fact that the government would lie, which is kind of the world well, is a lie. They didn't have your best interest. In okay. Well, like I said, I had as a young, young person in my twenties, I had knowledge that they would lie and it blew my mind, um, you know, in the lead up to the Iraq war. But then here's a weird thing that happened for a lot of us on the left who could see what they were doing and could see that they were, the CIA was working with the media and they were pushing these yellow cake uranium lies. And, and it was like, what are we doing? We're about to go to war over something that's demonstrably false. You know, they had, um, they had Colin Powell, they put him out as their front man for pushing some of this stuff. And um, the interesting thing is that a lot of us seem to have forgotten that though. I did, I forgot about it. And so I became accustomed to trusting the same network that sold me that war I became accustomed to trusting them. And if I look back on why did I do that? I think it was because I got caught up in the, the dichot, the false dichotomy that they sell you, the tribalism of right, left. And so as long as a network is attacking the right boogeyman, the government or, you know, the powers that be the media that's working with them, as long as they're attacking the right boogeyman, the boogeyman that your tribe hates, then you can get on board. And so, uh, and so it was like reawakening when I started to wake up to the fact that the government lies now, you know, 20 years later, I'm like, I knew this, I knew this. And yet I sort of forgot it and, and fell back into trusting the establishment again. And I, and I think that's psychologically just really interesting how people can do that. Um, but what woke, woke me up this time, it was, uh, I was solidly in the social justice echo chamber. I had, I was a true believer. I had built a career. I'd carved out a little niche in the comedy world, in the entertainment world. So I managed comedians and produced TV shows that were woke. Um, I pushed social justice through comedy with the people I worked with. And I thought we were doing great things. I thought we were changing the world. One of the shows that I produced was called um, Totally Biased with W. Kamel Bell. And then I had a couple of pilots I had a pilot in production that was super woke right when I started, my beliefs started changing. And the pilot process is so long that by the time we had a network involved and they were going to shoot the pilot and then find out if it went to series, I didn't even know if I believed this anymore. It had been about a year and a half or two years. And so um, I started thinking like, well, what happens if now this show gets picked up and then Every episode, we're dismantling a different ism, you know, sexism or racism or whatever it happens. Is that the Kamau Bell show? Well, no, that one did make it to the air. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, this was with a different comedian. Um, and it was Kamau all isms. It was all isms. It was all isms. Yeah. And so fortunately, that one, we made the pilot and then they didn't green light it for series. And then I folded my company pretty soon after that because... And I, that that was taken from me in in a way. I was grateful because I wasn't. Thanks sure. for you content. Like, I don't Greetings from Germany. It would be good money, and don't take don't the ouchie ouchie. Evil. And so, you know, what am I going to do if they want to do a series with it? And I was grappling with that. And so, um, once I didn't have to make that decision, then it was finally like, okay, I just have to, I have to get out of entertainment because 
because the the world that I was work operating in was a very woke world. All of my connections were woke. I had people kind of knew me as the, the feminist manager in the comedy space. And then wow, every- wait, Carrie. So that was your vibe. You're like, in yes. the comedy. yeah, wow. You were like really dialed in. You're, I was I- the like a total true believer. And then yeah. what happened is it went mainstream after I got out of woke. So totally biased with W. Kamal Bell, one of my clients, that that show was explicitly woke. It wasn't just liberal comedy. It was like woke comedy. You know, like yeah. we did we did pieces about whether or not you can tell rape jokes. And we did um, we did like the first piece attacking a poo from The Simpsons. Wait, the, y'all are like one of the first people that attacked a poo. I know, uh, I know, I know. Yeah, but you had to. You wanted to create <laughs> content, and you had to. That, that's a, that's the a thing. And we quick, truly thought it was racist. But Carrie, real quick, are you familiar with Operation uh, Mockingbird? I am. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, it's declassified. The CIA has, you know, people within our own uh, every single field of entertainment yeah. communications. But the thing is, you were doing it. Uh, they they trick people into doing it under virtue signaling because you probably honestly thought you were doing something good. I you thought know? we were making the world a better place. It was mm-hmm. like it's you like know, you sound like a Scientology ex Scientologist. I'm kidding. I totally. You know, no, kind of, I, get, yeah. I full on look, Alex. I read a lot about cults because I try yeah. to understand how people fall into yeah. belief systems like this. And we some for some reason culturally we're very comfortable talking about small cults like the ones where people go and live there and there's one charismatic leader. And so we can talk about like Heaven's Gate or we can talk about Waco or we can talk about these different, you know, the Manson family and, and we can identify these as cults. But when it's on a massive scale, like throughout history, when humans on a massive scale have enacted genocide or war, um, when they have pushed bad belief systems, we somehow aren't comfortable talking about that in terms of, you know, that being a cult, but it is. Social justice is a cult. It just doesn't have... It's so large that it doesn't it doesn't fit some of the cult dynamics of small cults. It doesn't have one charismatic leader. It has lots of different leaders. Well, 9 11 was a cult ritual because what it does, it it turned us into a war on the Middle East. It was like it turned us into the war against terror. And that was all, in my opinion, a scam now to turn us against people now of what they call domestic terror. They want to get us used to the Patriot Act where they get us afraid of, oh, we have this threat that's in the Middle East. Somehow that's a threat to us, which doesn't even make sense in the first place. They can't send a bomb to Seattle or, you know, wherever they think. Uh, Bomb's going to hit Portland. A bomb's going to hit New York from Afghanistan. You're right. They're really no serious threat. But they programmed us. After 9-11, they made us all watch that tower, basically a snuff film. And and you immediately have this huge mass ritual of this low vibrational energy where you're just like basically in this uh, hypnosis state. And they they got us into a cult against the Middle East. And that's that you had to do that because in order for us to go to a war and kill a million Iraqis for a bum deal, you had to get the American people on the side. Because yeah. even though there was a few small people like you that were like, in, you know, the John Stewart's like, no, it's, it's good garbage. These guys don't even they're in huts. They don't they don't care about us. They really don't. They don't. I mean, they might not like us, but they're not really even trying to kill us. We can protect our, you know, here in the country. No, they had to trick us all. They had to get us into a cult. So we we're like, man, we hate them. Let's go put a boot in their ass. We're the USA. And and it worked. And there's guys like Pat Tillman, NFL, uh, uh, you know, football player that quit the NFL to go. And then he died with friendly fire, which is kind of weird. And they say he was writing letters at the beginning of the Iraq war talking about how it was, uh, you know, pointless. They were fighting a, a pointless war with no, um, uh, wow. clear, not agenda, but no clear, you know, they, they, the, the entire no war was purpose. going on. They, yeah, they didn't even have, oh, this is what we're trying to do. They're like, no, we're just here to fight terrorism. So I think, I think whether or not you believe like 9-11 was in, 
inside job, which <laughs> I don't, I don't know enough to believe yeah. that, but whether or not you believe that I do, you can look and see that they used it just like they're using COVID. They used, it's so crazy. They used 9-11 to get conservatives on board with them expanding the federal government and expanding intrusion into our lives and going into our bank accounts. That's when they got, they said, well, we have to be able to go into your bank accounts so we can stop terrorism. We need to know about any transactions in your personal bank account that are over $10,000. And we said, okay, and the Patriot Act, they pushed all that stuff. Like we need to be able to spy on you. Okay. And now they're using COVID, but, and instead of using it on conservatives, they decided we're going to use it on the left and we're going to push, we're going to push government expansion. Even well, it, more. Works, it works people on the right. It works it's for worked me. for yeah, some yeah, people yeah. on the right too. Yeah. But they, they definitely use these things, whether you believe there's a conspiracy and how they originated and, and whether or not you believe, you know, what, whatever you believe about the origins of the virus, they use it. And so I'm almost at the point where I'm like, you don't even have to believe you don't even have to believe that these things were done on purpose. It doesn't matter. Just look at how they're being used. Let me tell you and, something. You say about woke justice. I said that talk about orange of the virus. I prank called the San Francisco like redistricting meeting and I didn't record it on my end and they haven't posted the video yet. Probably because they, they, tr they got triggered so much. I said, we should change the name of Chinatown to transgender town because China, my daughter is afraid of catching the coronavirus every time we drive the family van through and that, you know, she's a trans. So I would, it would represent my daughter. And, <laughs> and they, after the meeting, like, you know, they, after I was done talking to people like, I've never heard hate speech like this before. I've never heard xenophobia. <laughs> I mean, they were so shaken. They go, why wouldn't he tell his daughter? That's not, Oh my God, their whole world. I mean, you would have thought, <laughs> You would have thought that I said the N word. You know what I mean? It was that bad, which I don't. I'm just saying you would have thought the way they described yeah. it. Like, and I, and I listen, I admit that I was pushing the line a little bit, but I said it with like all respect. It's like, you know, listen, I love Chinese people. I like, you know, like I, I was not even trying to be, I was trying to be a social justice warrior, but I was like, I, I don't know. China's the best representation after the coronavirus. And oh my God, the Asian community does not stand. We cannot stand for this. They had, people were crying in the meeting. It was yeah. insane. They want to be a victim, but that everybody wants to be a victim. Everyone does want to be a victim. And I, I, I keep trying to wrap my head around what's going on in the world in different ways to better understand it. And I, I, I don't know. I come back to, this may not be a direction you want to go, but this is something we were talking about last night on the show. And it's just in my head a lot is for some people, social justice or just any bad ideology, it takes that place of religion. Like I was saying, and, and I'm starting to wonder if maybe um, this will keep happening unless you unless humans have something to worship or have a system of faith that is not perverted and upside down. Do you know what I mean? Like like uh, my my uh, pastor, he gave this sermon once about how um, if, you, if you think about philosophy and people trying to define like what makes what makes man and. You know, I think, therefore I am, is man, what separates us from the animals? Is it our ability to think? Is our ability to have emotion? Um, or is it, and his argument was, it's our ability to worship and that we're designed to worship. And humans, especially in groups, will find things to worship and create religions. And I, I, I'm starting to think, like, maybe that's what this is, is you're seeing people just latch on to these belief systems uh, because they don't because they've torn down God to such a degree that they're like still looking for outlet for, for, for wanting to have ritual, wanting to worship, wanting to believe in something. I mean, look at the way they treat Fauci. 
like he's a saint. I love Fauci. He is a saint. But hey, but speaking <laughs> of this, he is a saint. He's the, the Fauci ouchie. I love him. No, but this, and I don't want to trigger you either because I okay. can tell you're a Christian, but this is the one thing. Uh, uh, oh, it's is, okay. You, it, well, no, no, I don't know. It, is, uh, I don't know. Is Cassidy Campbell in the chat? He's not going to like this either. But you know, in the Bible, in Jeremiah 10, it says not to cut down a tree and worship it and idolize a tree. And, uh, uh, you know, they say that, you know, Santa Claus has basically orange origins in paganism. Have you ever heard that? And then that's the biggest holiday that we all celebrate. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that's kind of the perverted world. I'm trying to mention that is like everything we think is like holy. Some even has like perverted. Uh, A lot of it. Yeah. Origins. That's like, yeah. the, I mean, that's like the sad, sick truth that we're living in. Like even the basis, the foundation, you're talking about tearing down the foundation. A lot of our foundation is like creepy weirdness, like the Catholic Church being. Well, yeah, look things. at Christianity itself. It's sort of like, okay, so have you read um, C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters? No, but I've heard about them. I have not read them, but I've heard other people talk um, about there's them. There's a really good version with John Cleese. If you want to listen to it, John Cleese reads it, He's great. and it's basically like it's a it's a it's fiction. It's a the demon is is writing letters back and forth to this other demon, talking about how to make the move on this one Christian and, and get him to abandon his faith. And what's really cool about it is it actually tells you C.S. Lewis knew, knew a lot about human nature and he sort of explains or, or gets you to think about the ways in which um, evil can, uh, it always approaches from the place that you don't expect or the, or the, you know, if you're not, you're not looking in this direction and that's where it's coming from. Right. And so I, I think about the screw tape letters when I look at the state of the church, because a lot of the reason I stayed away from Christianity for a long time, I think was probably because I had been inoculated against it by bad representations of Christianity. And I looked at, I looked at popular culture, like the people that claim to be Christian and it's like, you know, all these televangelists and, and in the eighties and nineties, you had these um, conservative Christian organizations that were trying to ban things, you know, they didn't want you to listen to certain music or they didn't think you should be able to, um, you know, watch the Simpsons or marry with children. And they had like all you these, shouldn't, you shouldn't yeah. watch it. No, you shouldn't still <laughs> and say. so I think, but I think that they pervert, I think that's, I think that's almost in a way by design to keep people from finding out about like a good, what I consider now to be a very good faith system. Um, I just rejected it outright for the longest time because you got all because because of that perversion and because of the Catholic priest scandal and because of all these people, these con artists, these wolves in shepherd's clothing who use who cloak themselves in this belief system that they don't actually they don't actually live like it's it's not a, it's not just a belief system. It's a behavior system. And okay. there's people who claim. What? The biggest lie they tell us is that we evolved from pond scum. They literally tell us that Big Bang Theory, you know, everything came from nothing. There had to be a creator. I don't know who that creator is. I, you know, you know, people want to say it's this or that. But I feel like that is the biggest thing they want to mm. keep you, uh, to make you think you're just some sort of accident in order to keep you a low self-esteem, keep your insecurities high. And, and really and truly, your grandparents had to have sex. Like They had at one point 9,000 grandparents, I believe. They all had to have sex at that exact time. And I've had a lot of sex and I haven't had any kids. And I'm sure my <laughs> 9,000 grandparents did the same thing. And I'm happy that all that one time they decided to not pull out, that, you know, 9,000 non-pullouts. <laughs> pretty lucky is what i'm saying but they'll Alex, make you feel yes what are your biggest then tell, tell me since i'm not familiar with your channel i'm only familiar with that hilarious video that you did at the uh city council what are your top five what would you say are the biggest conspiracy theories that people probably think are crazy but you think there's truth in them 
I'm well, just the craziest one, and this is oh my god, everybody's I don't even like to even talk about this one, but the heliocentric model is absolutely absurd. They tell us this is what they tell us. They say that we're on a ball that's twenty-five thousand miles around the equator that's made of almost eighty percent water, and that we're moving, we're spinning eleven hundred miles an hour because we're twenty-five thousand miles around the equator in order to spin one times a day, one time a day, excuse me. And then on top of that, the earth is orbiting the sun 66,600 miles an hour, which is just a weird number. And then on top of that, we are moving 1.4 million miles through the Milky Way galaxy through an ever expanding universe of space. Yet every night, even though we're moving these four different directions, Polaris, the North Star, is in the same spot. Celestial navigation, we've been able to use the stars before we had any sort of uh, technology. Ships were able to use before we had any sort of technology. People were able to travel the world on ships using celestial navigation. And if it was the stars were changing in a, in a motion that they didn't understand, it would have been impossible. And we can see too far over long distances of water, which that's like, what are you talking about? Well, we have these pictures. We can see mountains that we should be covered by, according to the eight inches per mile squared that Earth's supposed to be, that we shouldn't be able to see. So you're going to be people like, oh, you're some flat Earth retard. No, I don't think the Earth is flat. I think the Earth is is you know it has some something round to it you know it's like circular around but i don't think we're going or moving i think the sun moon and stars rotate around us and even you know isaac newton and einstein both said that there's no way we would be able to tell the difference whether we were standing still or it was vice versa the sun was standing still and we were supposed to be going around it and and if you 18 believe, for the preaching of the cross is to them that so, perish foolishness so you can't see but, this, but unto us which are saved it is the power but, of god First yes. Corinthians chapter one verse eighteen. They just left First Corinthians uh, chapter one eighteen, but I don't. I, I I'm I'm not familiar with that verse. But what I'm saying is, when you you look at the heliocentric model, I just don't believe it because it goes to the evolutionary lie that we all came from nothing. Because they want to make you feel like you're insignificant. It's it's just like a control mechanism. Because at the end of the day, that's all the government is trying to do. They're trying to control us. So the first place they try to control you is at a young age. That's why it's so important they get you in the indoctrination schools. I mean the schools are trash. A public school is the worst place you can go to, uh, to poison your mind. So I know you're like, what are you talking about? You know, this, you know this. no, I'm listening. I was just trying, since you were mentioning that somebody was talking to you in the chat, I was trying to see if I could pull it up. People get freaked out. You know, I don't even like talking about this subject because <laughs> it's not, because it's so, people you guys, just like, people, no, whoever, people, hang on. It's cool. He can, I asked, I want to know what you think the biggest ones are. And, no, and I mean, but, I'm not prepared to debate about, you on anything. What about this, Carrie? I don't even think dinosaurs are what they say they are. Like, you what? know, like, yeah, like, listen, I'm that crazy <laughs> that they say about dinosaurs. I don't believe that carbon dating is real. I don't believe that those dinosaurs are exactly what they tell us because, because listen, <laughs> when you look at the bones, you it just, it, this, oh, I'm telling you, though, have you ever heard of the bone wars? Have you ever heard of the bone wars? No. Okay. So, you got to look into how we started finding dinosaur bones. We found them like all at once, like during the bone wars in the 1950s. And, and no museum has a real dinosaur bones. You cannot one museum. Do you see real dinosaur bone? All you see is the you know paper mache that is made in China. So you never even see these real bones. And they say, oh, because it's, you know, radioactive, you can't get near it. But I'm just telling you, whatever they're digging up, it's it's were there big animals Were there big lizards Were there big birds. Yes. But were there. T-Rexes just roaming all around, and we found like 96 T-Rexes all time, never found one all complete. I'm just saying, is it was it a huge lizard? Yes. Was it like these Velocic, was it Jurassic Park? No. Alex. <laughs> I don't know. I know, I'll you have to believe me. I didn't say, people go crazy. Okay. Well, this is, what they, this is why that, what opens that door. Sorry, Carrie, I'm hurting your ears. 
It's because <laughs> no, they, you're fine. they tell us that they tell us that we get our gasoline from fossil fuels, which is not true. That our gas is not it's not dinosaurs. I'm telling you, it's not dinosaur juice. I don't know what it is. Uh, I believe it's some sort of renewable source. This is and this is another weird thing about the the earth. The deepest we can go is Mariana's Trench, which is eight miles deep. The deepest hole we've ever dug is a great borehole in Russia, which is less than eight miles deep, seven point eight miles. So like that's the deepest we can go. So there's just parts of the earth. There's ocean under there. There's there's you know marine animals. We, there's stuff about the earth we don't know about. People say, oh, we got it all figured out. No, we don't have it all figured out. That's that's a lie, in my opinion. So, okay, let me ask you this. There is a conspiracy theory that I know I don't believe. Okay. That's that I have taken just a rud- just a, a rudimentary amount of time looking into, but enough that I know I don't believe it. And that's a more of a modern day, like the QAnon stuff. That's all bullcrap. Okay. I think and that's QAnon said too. we landed on the moon. That's why I didn't ever believe. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's how I knew QAnon was saying. They said we landed on the moon. QAnon said that. They said, Oh yeah, Space Force is real. Trump has a base and Trump we have That's why moon. that's why they're uh, that's really funny that that's your reason. Well, I looked into because I saw the HBO was it HBO documentary? Ron Watkins, whatever one it was. Yeah, and I know he has a, a left bias. I I get that. But I, he also presented a lot of facts in there, and it was interesting to um, watch the different well, watch Gary, interactions well, I, I, with people. I but, don't want to ruin your thought, but the left is not bad. Like, you know, like I just think we've gone no. too far left. You know, I think there is some goodness with social justice, even though I'm teasing you and stuff and virtue signaling. Like, you, you know, you're being a good person by trying to, you know, write woke jokes, I think. Like, I don't really think those people are, Look, are, are bad, you know? You know I don't. I mean? I agree with you. I usually make that caveat because sometimes we have, especially on our show, we have people on the left and the right who watch. And, you know, people have that weird knee jerk reaction in them where if you say I watched this thing or I read this source, it's that um, genetic fallacy they like to do where you're saying, here's an article. And they're like, oh, that article's from Breitbart or that article's from Slate. And so they won't even pay attention to the facts in it. And so I guess I've gotten used to qualifying and I shouldn't do that. But, but yeah, the documentary, it doesn't matter what his point of view is. He also prevents, fa- presents facts in it. And then I looked into what um, a lot of the people who were in QAnon, who believed all that stuff, I-, I looked into what they are doing now. And a lot of them are on, in these different telegram groups and they believe things that it's just so far. They think JFK Jr. is coming back. <sighs> yes. And they think JFK, and I yes. mean, that's insane. Yeah. So they're, they're lost. Yeah. They're, and that's the thing is like, I'm in this weird conspiracy thing where I believe all these crazy conspiracies, but I really, I consider myself based in reality. I just look at the evidence that I can prove because there's a lot right. of conspiracies that are stupid. There's so many conspiracies, like you said, like these QAnon that makes it the, and what they do is they, they, they pander that to the people to demonize other conspiracy theorists. You know, they purposely like Probably. pump up the yeah. ones that are stupid. You know? Like they believe that, that, Trump is still president and that they're, that's ridiculous that, 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 that anybody that's in Joe Biden's wearing a mask or something like, yeah, and, that and people in my executed. chat, yeah, people yeah. in my chat will believe that. And like, guys, that's obviously not true. Like Joe Biden is Joe Biden. I mean, that's that, like, I don't even get that deep. Is he a shadow president? Yeah. I mean, other people telling him what to do, of course, but like, of course. he's not, it's not Donald Trump, dude. I don't yeah. you know <laughs> what I mean. Gosh. Yeah. But, so okay, cool. I just want to check on one that I know that I think is BS. And no, so that's thought, fake. Okay. Anything that's okay. on, and like, no, see, like that's a little too. And that's another thing they call the transvestigation, Carrie, where they say all the a lot of these like famous uh, 
girls are actually boys. That's like a one. I don't believe any of those really. I swear. That's oh, like, yeah. I mean, that's just stupid. Like, you know, the they'll say like, stuff, like exactly. Yeah. You know, even though I kind of do believe she's a boy, but that's just more of a fun out of spite. <laughs> that's more of a spite trans hate. But what I'm saying, and I love trans. I consider myself a little gender fluid, to be honest, um, depending on how I'm feeling, but that's neither here nor there. That's something I do in private. Do you, are you a stand up comedian? No, I'm, I'm a sit down comedian. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dancing comedian. I'm a rapping comedian. I'm an every kind of comedian. I don't necessarily go and do that much stand up, but I go and talk at these meetings. It's kind of like stand up, but I don't even really tell jokes. I really want to be like Andy Kaufman. I consider myself yeah. a performance artist, Gary. I can see that. I, well, your, the bit that you did was great. I think you should do more of those. You should come actually. We should talk offline. You should come to my city council. I will. Is it outside of Austin with Round Rock or something? What is uh, it? It's in Georgetown. And we have um, currently, there's a large contingent. Well, not large, but the very vocal, as they usually are, contingent of social justice people here. Black Lives Matter people. Wait, real quick. They, somebody's just $10. Great guest. 99. Carrie Smith is gorgeous and fun. They said, oh, wow, yeah. 10 bucks. Thank, thank you. you. That was my dog. <laughs> no, it's American Devil, actually. <laughs> American Devil blocked. No name, no devil or name around here. I cast you out. I'm kidding. You're cool, American Devil. Thank you. Uh, okay, so my town. So yeah, this might this is probably happening in a lot of small towns too. But we have this contingent of Black Lives Matter, social justice people. They really believe they're some of them are here's the thing in this movement, it's just like what I was talking about Christianity earlier. There's bad faith actors there's wolves in shepherd's clothing who they don't care about ending oppression they're in social justice because they want power and money and fame and they want to control people and they want to oppress that's why they're in it and so you've got those people are usually the leaders you there's usually i call them my friend uh gracie calls them the high priests and, and priestesses of the movement and that usually in your town, if you've got a group of woke people who are going to all the city council meetings and trying to affect change, you've got some of these bad faith actors in there. And we definitely have some of those in this town. And then you have. They're like the lobbyist groups. I'm saying I've yeah. seen some of these since signing up to these meetings on Twitter. You'll see like, oh, let's all sign up to go to this meeting and protest this guy, you know, like, and you can yeah. tell it's like group coalition to raise awareness, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they use all these, they, they use all these groups to raise for hero worship for themselves, to raise money and followers. And then some of them run for city council themselves. And in my town, anyway, that's what they're doing, but you've got all these um, true believers in the group or people who want to do well. And a lot of naive white women, a lot of naive white women, white guilt. No, they're they're the biggest. Yes. They're the biggest supporters. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, well, so that's happening here. And they they are um there is a statue in our town square that is a, a statue to the Confederate veterans from our town. Um, it's not even to a specific person, it's just to people who died in the war, some of whom were black Confederate soldiers. It's you know, a lot of the Confederate soldiers were not they didn't have a choice. They were sent into battle and they died. And this is a, a statue to honor people who died. And they have a problem with that. As, as you've seen, there's been this movement across the country to get these, these statues. Removed. Every statue is literally and, George Orwell's 1984. Yes. And so they just, they just scored a victory here because we had um, a paver program, which was basically around our little historic town square, the museum here for Williamson County, they, you could, you could donate to the museum and buy a brick that honored someone and it, 
um, it could be like an ancestor of yours or someone in history from the town, or it could we be had a that in my high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we had these yeah. bricks honoring people all around the town. So I think there were like 260 bricks that honored veterans of all different kinds of wars and people who weren't veterans. Um, 13 of them out of 260 honored Confederate veterans, people who died in the, the civil war. And so they just got the whole brick program removed and now our city is going to spend money tearing up the whole sidewalk on the because square. Because some Confederates had some bricks? Yes, because there were 13 bricks out of 260. And they're celebrating this victory because they're changing things. How long right? have the bricks so, been there? They're not that old, though. Are they old, um, old? Some of them were recent. I think the program started, I don't know, 20 years ago. That's the so stupid, not that old. though. But, that, no, but that's how they can get it to take yeah. it down. They're like, oh, it's not that old. Let's just erase it. Let's yeah. nip it in the bud, as they would say in that meeting. Yeah. I mean, so meetings. And, and so would, now the museum pass. is also like trying to find people from 20 years ago to refund their money for the, also the museum's now losing all this money that they had raised from decades ago. So they have to refund the bricks and, and they're, they're now because of that victory, they're going to push hard now to do even more to get the statue taken down. But so what's happening in our little town is this, this is probably happening in a lot of little towns. Um, because they've done such a good job of pushing this lie, this absolute lie that if you disagree with them about tearing down a statue, that you're a racist, they've done such a good job of pushing that lie that generally the only people who are willing to go out there and counter protest, cause they're protesting out there every week, BLM, mm-hmm. the only people uh, in who are Georgetown willing, at the Georgetown thing. Yeah, they're there, really. Well. They're there and big old yellow flag and, and with their, their they're race probably paid by some little group, you know, probably donations. Yeah. But so they're out there every week. And so the only people who are willing to protest against them are uh, this group called the uh, Grace. Well, they're they're the Civil War reenactor guys. They're like the oh um, my god, see that's what they want. See that? <laughs> I know. See, it's all fear. Like that. You tell me it's all the Civil War reenactors. Ah. So you got We're- both of these camps out there, and I'm like. This and they want you're right. They want this. So they're at the city council meeting saying it's becoming a circus. And it's like, yeah, you created this circus, you clowns. So I got a clown outfit. So, oh, here's something they did, Alex. They started sending on their in one of their social justice groups in Georgetown. They were getting volunteers. They wanted to dress up like the KKK and go stand on the side with the people who were defending the statue. It's like, see, they're so dumb. They're so dumb. Wait, how far? That's astroturfing. Like, See, they, they yes. would have created it. It's fake the racism because nobody would have done that. Nobody yes. in their right mind. See, that's yes. what I do. That's my comedy is I try to astroturf. I try to act like the, the thing. But I would even be within reason. I wouldn't wear a swastika. I wouldn't wear a robe yeah. like that. No, I mean, because there's nothing funny in that. Sadly, we live in a world where like, and I think everything is funny, but there's that's just not, you know, there's things, few things that are off and limits. it's so dishonest because yeah. they want to get a picture of that and say that's what that side is. And I was like, how messed up are you psychologically if you have to become the KKK? You are putting on a robe and going and standing on the other side to say that's what they are. You are wearing a K. What is wrong with And they you? justify it. They're like, oh, well, symbolically, this is what they are. So why don't we just <laughs> like, do it? Let's dude. just put on these robes. It's, it, they just did it with Glenn Youngkin's campaign in, um, in, in Virginia. Oh, they Virginia. had like. Yeah, they had like a black guy and like two girls or something acting like they were white supremacists. I mean, they even say Larry Elder, the black guy that ran for oh, yeah. uh, California governor, is a black white supremacist. Give me a break. That's not yeah. uh, that's not a it's thing. Crazy. Well, so if you do come here, there's a lot to play with. And <laughs> those bricks, those I, I bricks. I did get a, a clown outfit. And so 
I want to do what they do, but I want to go stand on their side in my clown outfit. I'm not you need sure. to go, Carrie. Okay, why? It would go viral. <laughs> you have a big audience. You need, it would be great. Your audience would love you. You don't have to be a goofball and sing the vaccine Fauci ouchie song. But really, I, I that's how I started. When I first started going, I've been going over now, over a year now. I used to be like, blah, 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 bioweapon, blah, 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 you know, and nobody cared. 1,000 views, <laughs> you know, 10, 100 likes, you know, a little, some people saw it, but not, when you say something crazy, you AstroTurf, you wear the Ku Klux Klan outfit, click, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's AstroTurfing, you know, and that's really, Gross. that's, it, it, I know, <laughs> but I do it. I mean, I, you know, that's my performance art. I mean, I, I'm really, I'm looking at those people, I'm, I'm making fun of them, but I couldn't do that because that goes even outside of my boundaries, but I'm saying, that's that's the mentality. Oh, I, I think what you're doing is brilliant. I think well, you're, you're being too the, nice. You're not. No, that nice. that is exactly what we need, because I, I know we got off track earlier. But what I was trying to say was you can't appeal to people with facts when they're in something that's emotion based and humor is something that breaks through. So keep doing what you're doing. I think it's I think it's genius. Wow. And I get called that sometimes. And I'm like, are you guys sure? I ate paint chips like Chris Farley as a child. So I'm not, this is just accidental. Uh, I'm not very smart. Now I want to be smart like you, Carrie. And that's another thing. Uh, uh, you, you tell me though about you are here, your experience. Uh, okay. So the blaze. So now I've gone there a few times and, uh, I've become a Sarah Gonzalez. Wow. Four, five bucks. She's a great guest. Good vibrations. Carrie C. Everybody really likes you, Aww, Carrie. All, all my guests. But I'm saying, how was your experience going to the Blaze? You know, that studio was originally Paramount Studios a long time ago. They filmed like um, uh, Adam's Family Value. They filmed JFK there. They filmed oh, funny, Barney there. Yes, yeah, so they don't tell you any of that. They don't give you a good tour there. I'm so mad. Like I, I almost need to like tell them that they need to hire me to be like a tour guide, you know, or at least like a customer liaison to be like. Okay, they should tell the security guard. That guy's nice. Justin, I believe his name is. He's nice. They're saying even he should be like, hey, you know, this is the. Pa-. I would say that. I mean, that's why the page at NBC, like you know, those real studios, they yeah. kind of give you a history of the studio a little, and they well, give you. Elijah t- said that if next time I come, they have a museum next door. That actually, my husband's a big history buff. He's gonna love this episode, by the way, because we were talking <laughs> about the Kennedy stuff up front. But um, uh, anyway, next time I do, I want to see that museum, and I want to hear more about it so yeah because uh, those shows at I night saw, yeah i saw the uh just in the office they have in the building you know that you can see there's a glass and you can see glenn beck's office and he has big polar bear in it which is kind of cool just, he has all that cool junk <laughs> yeah. that's what i'm saying it looks like your background well his is <laughs> even way yeah kind of but his is way nicer than mine uh no, but like the blaze, I just, like I said, he should have given you a little history. Barney, do you remember Barney? I mean, you're young. Yeah. You have to remember Barney, the, the, the purple, purple, yeah, the purple dinosaur. I mean, I didn't really watch Barney much either, but that was like, um, institution, the purple dinosaur. Um, are you from Texas? Born and raised in Dallas. What about you? Yeah, are you from there? Cool. I'm from South Carolina, but, um, but my husband's Gamecock like that? I didn't know that. I don't like Dude, South no, Carolinians Clemson. on my Clemson show. Tigers, man. I, you're a Clemson Tiger? No, yeah. you're not. Yeah, you my are? dad, my whole family is Clemson, except wow. me. I went to I went to uh, Duke, but they. But what? You're a Duke Blue family. Devil, Carrie? Wow, so Devil. you're a smart ass. Wow. Then, I, I'm, but I don't I'm let smart asses on my show from <laughs> Duke Blue Devils. How did you get in that uh, university like that, all smart? I, I actually don't have that much school spirit for. How'd I you mean, get into Duke? Oh. Well, I applied. What was your what was your, what was your SAT like? Five thousand? What was it? Really good? Um, I'll just say it was higher than David Hawks. 
Oh yeah. As I say, you had to have a really high. I just can't. So you like? I'm no, just that's saying, not saying much. You know, he's got like. This is like 900. Load. You know, it's but something crazy. see, that's a whole thing. David Hogg, we can't even say. Was riding his bike to the Parkland shooting. His dad, an FBI agent. Very weird. And then there's a video on the internet where they say, where it's a, from a student. This is before any of that stuff happened. Where he's like, yeah, we have this weird 21 year old transfer student. It's all quiet all the time. And it's like, and David Hogg, and he's like, look, like, looks all weird. It was, it's a weird. You get to so I haven't even looked into any of the conspiracy stuff with him. Yeah. But, but the fact that he got into Harvard with such a low score proves that. To me, white privilege is, is real. Okay, <laughs> but but he Kinda. actually well, you you don't know, but really, actually, it's the reverse, reverse of that. You know, and all these other people have been putting that there in ethnicity to get into colleges. They've been right. lying and saying that they're a person of color to get in, not yeah. to get excluded, but to get in. So that's it, it actually racism. you know why they let him in. It was it was actually in all seriousness, it's woke privilege. Yeah. It's because he was an activist and he was so vocal and he's woke. Uh, and, it has yeah, a hundred thousand yeah. or million followers or whatever of wokeness. They, he is part of the agenda. He's a a, a good person. And forget about his grade. They, in Harvard, I don't know how their curriculum goes, but I imagine if you can get in there and not be a crackhead, you can probably graduate because they do some sort of weird thing in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like some sort of weird, I don't know how it works, but. Well, a lot of these colleges now are being, because social justice has spread so far, this idea that meritocracy is bad and that you, um, it's, yeah, because the only reason they got merit, the only reason they got on merit is, yeah, because they had a leg up to start with, even though they earned it, right. they had to start from the beginning. So, so yeah, that's, that's not so equity. They're, they're trying to actually get rid of standardized testing. They're trying to um, get rid of the grading system. Yeah, because one of the questions asks how many watermelons are in this truck. And I'm a black person, and that's racist. You can't ask me. You can't expect me to do an ACT question asking me about watermelons. You know, that's that's like <laughs> one of the, the things they said. I swear, they're like, really? oh, oh, yeah, on the ACT <laughs> test, because it'll be like, oh, you know, Gary has seven bananas. And, he, you know, and, and you know, if he got rid of six bananas, you know, they do whatever the Pythagorean theory. And they'll say, oh, that's racist. There's people, they've looked at their standardized tests and they've gotten questions where they've talked about fruit and they've talked about stuff that could have a racial connotation and said, this is another reason because this is a distraction to the student when he's trying to read this question. And he, it brings up thoughts of racism. So that's why he can't solve the multiple choice question. And I agree with that. Wow. I had not heard that. I've just heard that they, because they believe that any disparate racial outcome is therefore evidence of systemic racism this is what they say they believe but systemic racism is real this is how i know listen this is how i know look at our not our prison industry is filled up with non-violent drug offenders uh and our private prison industry is filled up with a, a lot of black people which is very weird so i actually huh? i believe systemic racism is a is absolutely a thing yeah what i'm saying is they define it wrong they try and say that any disparate racial outcome is systemic racism that's you can't say that. That's not true. No. And they don't even believe that because if you look at the different racial outcome of, of the vax, for example, and you say, well, black people in New York are not choosing to get the vaccine at the same. They rate are. It's people. the best, most safe and effective thing ever, though. We have to say on the show as well. OK. But yes. OK. But there's disproportionate numbers. But, but they will say much. that's not systemic. Like they they don't know. They'll, they'll exclude the them. From, they say. They'll exclude yeah. them from even a vaccine passport and they say, oh, yeah. no, that's not race. That's something else. It, yeah. it, the, mental gymnastics these people go through. To yeah. say, I'll put on a KKK robe to to fight racism. Think about that. That's yeah. how they're going to fight it is by creating a racist symbol. You know who you should talk to you'd probably really enjoy also is, um, do you know the show Disaffected Podcast? I feel like I've heard it. No, but so, wow. 
<clears throat> my friend Josh Slocum hosts that one. <clears throat> Tell Josh I want about, him on my show if you think it'd be I will. Better. It's all about personality disorders. I but, have a bunch. but what's interesting about it is he helps you relate individuals with personality disorders to ideologies that are almost like personality disordered on a large scale. And so I just think about this a lot with everything, the way in which they lie, they're not intellectually consistent. They contradict themselves. They don't believe what they say. They engage in projection. All of these things that, that individuals who are psychopathic do, this belief system does that on a large scale. So you've got Trudeau right now talking about, we believe in freedom while he's trying to shut down protests. He said it's the most connected the the country's ever been, the most together the country's ever been right now. I mean, he said that. It's crazy, but but we're seeing it on a. I couldn't lie like that. I'm saying as an actor, I don't think I could go in front of the prime of the pie, as no. a prime minister and be like, "Why our country?" I could say some lies, but I couldn't say, "Hey, their country is the most together we've ever been." When it's clearly not, and these guys yeah. will look you in their face. They will. They will. Twenty dollar donation. Wow. They will urinate on you and tell you it's raining. Is what I believe. Oh yeah, it's it's. They will tell you the exact opposite of what they're doing. They call the truckers who are protesting against the government. Forcing injections on you, okay? That's Which authoritarianism. They should, and I'm on the side of but, the truckers. Me too, but they YouTube. but they call the truckers authoritarians. No, I mean no. I'm on the side. I'm a, I mean I'm on the side of Canada. Trudeau's right. Oh, all right, all right. All right, all right. <laughs> we have to end the stream. I think uh, uh, the, uh, Justin Trudeau's the greatest human being ever. His dad is not Fidel Castro, and I'm so thankful for him. Okay, guys, Carrie's links are in the description. Carrie, we gotta we gotta leave them. We gotta leave them hanging. Okay, you know, we don't go too long. But tell the people not only where they can find you because the people are liking you in the chat, but kind of leave them with something. What do you What do you want the people? Kind of, uh, you know, what did you say on? On uh, you are here. You know what was your kind of ending message on there? Did you even? Have oh, one? I just said hail Chad at the end. I was stumped. Uh, hey, so really quickly, I have a, I finally I have a name on Twitter that people can find. I just changed it yesterday, so I'm real Carrie Smith on Twitter, K E R I, and uh, I have a new channel. We just launched it. It's Deprogram with Carrie Smith. And I had that, and that's linked in the description. Cool. And then you can still find me on Unsafe Space as well with my co-host Carter Laren. And uh, what would I leave you with? Um, you're a great guest. Figure out who you are. That's a, like I'll be serious. Figure out who you are. I, it's hard I, for the. It's hard for people to lie to you if you know who you are and you're confident. Okay, I'm done. Wow, Carrie, <laughs> great guest. Everybody loves you. All right, everybody, and thank you all for watching. And uh, and I'll be back actually shortly. I have a show after this uh, with uh, a black gay conservative, Carrie. So kind of the uh, yeah, talking about social justice. That's kind of like the unicorn. So that'll be a cool show. All right, guys.